This is How Shall They Hear, a production of New Testament Christian Church of Renton, Washington. We hold services every Sunday morning at 1030 at 13470 Martin Luther King Jr. Way South, Renton, Washington, 98178. You can reach us by email at ntccrenton at gmail.com. Praise God. Turning to Genesis today. Genesis, all the way in the beginning. Praise God. No, it's good to be able to rely on God's word. Not just in the good parts, or the bad parts, or the beginning, or the end. But God's word throughout the whole Bible is good for us. Amen. The Bible... The whole thing is good for us. People say, well, that's Old Testament. Oh, it's still good for us. Amen. The New Testament is still good for us. You can get a message out of those long lists of names because all Scripture is given Amen. by the inspiration of God for our profit, for our building up. Lord, we thank you for the Word of God today. We're in Genesis. So let's start in chapter 4, verse 1. Genesis 4, verse 1. And Adam knew his wife, and she conceived and bare Cain, and said, I have gotten a man from the Lord. And she again bare his brother Abel, and Abel was a keeper of sheep, but Cain was a tiller of the ground. And in process of time it came to pass that Cain brought of the fruit of the ground and offering unto the Lord and Abel he also brought of the firstlings of his flock and of that the fat thereof and the Lord had respect unto Abel and to his offering but unto Cain and to his offering he had not respect and Cain was very wroth and his countenance fell and the Lord said unto Cain why art thou wroth and why is thy countenance fallen if thou doest well Shalt thou not be accepted? And if thou doest not well, sin lieth at the door. And unto thee shall be his desire, and thou shalt rule over him. And Cain talked with Abel his brother, and it came to pass when they were in the field that Cain rose up against Abel his brother and slew him. And I want to take our text from verse 7. If thou doest well, shalt thou not be accepted? And if thou doest not well, sin lieth at the door. With the help of the Holy Ghost this morning, I want to preach for a little while on the title of the message. Sin is only a step outside. Sin is only a step outside. Sir, would you stand and pray for us? We thank you, Lord, for this time to gather together and worship you and uh, hear your word. Bless Pastor now with the function of your Holy Spirit and uh, give him the words that you desire for us to receive and open our hearts that we might receive them and that we might leave here changed and closer to you and walking in a more righteous and holy path than we came in here. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. In our Bible reading, we see one of the darkest moments in human history begin to unfold 
which has not ceased, but has only gotten worse. Here lies a warning to all mankind what happens when mankind decides to act on their own will and disobey the will of God. Let's look at what's going on here. We know the story of Adam and Eve created by God in the garden. Sinned against God by taking of the fruit. We know the story. But our Bible reading concerns their two sons, Cain and Abel. Adam and Eve at this time had been banished from the garden for their own sake. And now they must survive out in the world. But God was still present in their lives. Not like before, but he was still present in their lives. Praise God that he is still present. Amen. Praise God that when things aren't going right, he is still there. When you don't think God's listening, when you don't think he's there, when you don't feel his presence anymore, rest assured that he's just a prayer away. He's just a prayer away. Here in our Bible reading, we see the two sons bring an offering unto the Lord. Verse 3, And in the process of time it came to pass, that Cain brought of the fruit of the ground an offering unto the Lord, and Abel he also brought of the firstlings of his flock, and of the fat thereof. And the Lord had respect unto Abel and to his offering. The purpose of the animal sacrifice, according to the Bible, was to teach mankind that sin must be punished through the shedding of blood. The shedding of blood. God was the first to kill the innocent to cover man's sin. We look at Genesis chapter 3 verse 21. Unto Adam also and to his wife did the Lord God make coats of skins and clothe them. So God set the standard. God set the pattern. By making clothes for Adam and Eve out of an innocent animal, he covered man's nakedness, covered man's sin. Both Cain and Abel knew what was expected from God. And mankind still knows what is right and wrong. Right. Our conscience bears witness. We know when uh, things are out of line. And mankind, you know, believe it or not, for the most part still has some aspect of moralness to it. And moral fiber to it. Otherwise, it we would see mass genocide all over the place. But the fact that we could go to the store and most likely survive, not have someone come up behind us and shoot us, it does happen, but not on such a mass scale, shows that there is still some restraint left in this world. And it's our job to maintain this restraint. It's our job to continue to preach the gospel. Because that's what holds it all together, is the gospel. But they knew what was expected. Some may say that Cain only brought fruit because of his occupation. It's kind of the debate. It wasn't Cain's fault. That's what he had. Abel had the sheep. But this is what Cain had. This is what he worked for. But God didn't say to bring the sacrifice according to your occupation. 
He didn't say have church with only those that have the same skin color as you. I'm glad that we're in the house of God where we can look around and have all sorts of different people in here. Amen. I'm glad we have a church of all nations. Yeah. And I've, it's been shared before. If you walk into a church and everybody is of one culture or one skin color, with the, with the exception of geographical location or happenstance, in other words, if you happen to go and have church in China, most likely everybody in church is going to be Chinese. But if you walk into a church here in America and it's only one color and only one culture and it's without the exception of just coincidence, you can question that church. Say, why is everybody only one thing here? Because the gospel attracts all of mankind. I remember there in the book of Acts, Peter got out there and the Bible lists of all these people from all the different nations that had come to Jerusalem. And Peter didn't say, hold on, all you Greeks go over here and all you Egyptians go over here and all the Jews, you stay here. No, he preached to the multitude. He preached to people of different tongues and of different nations. Because our gospel is for the world. Jesus didn't say, go ye into your only town and preach the gospel. He said, go into the whole world and preach the gospel. Now, I know they have churches that are uh, uh, Spanish language only churches or uh, Korean only language churches. And that's fine because it's more of a, a accessibility having a, a church that only uh, preaches in one language. But you know what? If I walked in there. So one of those churches only speak a certain language and everybody's looking at me and the preacher's looking at me like, what are you doing here? I have no problem turning around and walking out. What they should say is, come on in. Whatever language they speak, come on in. We'll find you a translator. Come on in and maybe God will open up your ears. Come on in because the gospel is for everybody. Healing is for everybody. Salvation is for all those who call upon the name of the Lord. The gospel is meant to draw all. Upon the giving of the fruit, it was clear that God wasn't pleased. But unto Cain and to his offering, he had not respect. And Cain was very wroth, and his countenance fell. Cain knew what God wanted. The Bible is clear what God expects from us. It wasn't a moment of ignorance. It wasn't a simple mistake. Something deeper was growing within Cain, and God knew it. Something was festering there in the heart of Cain. And the Lord said to Cain, Why art thou wroth, and why is thy countenance fallen? God saw that something was going on inside Cain. God knows when there's something going on in your life. God looks on your countenance too. Why are you not smiling my child, what is going on? And God already knows most of the answer. See, as believers, especially if you are a recent believer, you are going to make mistakes. You are going to make some errors, but God is merciful. God is absolutely merciful, and he understands that you need to learn what he expects. But it is up to us to make sure we learn it. Ignorance. It's not a free ticket to sin. You can tell the law, the cop, 
that you didn't know what the speed limit was, and he's still going to give you a ticket. It's up to you to know the speed limit. It's up to you to know the traffic laws. Say they were God. It's up to us to know. But God here teaches Cain in love. That's the key here. He teaches Cain in love. He tells him, if thou doest well, shalt thou not be accepted? God didn't strike down Cain. He didn't inflict Cain with some sort of judgment or disease. He didn't curse him. For a moment, all God did was not accept Cain's offering. But God showed Cain how he could rectify the situation. All he had to do was make it right. All he had to do was say, God, you are right. I want to do things my own way. I want to do things how I felt it should be done. But my way is not your way, God. And we can't do things our way. We have to do things God's way. Because it will work out if we do it his way. All Cain had to do was make it right. See, this is a good time to establish a difference between God's love and God's acceptance. God loves all mankind. That is fact and that is Bible. But he doesn't accept all mankind. Love is not acceptance. God always loves the sinner, but he will always hate the sin too. As Christians, we must follow the example of God. If we really hate sinners, why would we be going around inviting them to church? <laughs> why would we, if we really hated the sinner, why do we spend our time telling them that Jesus can save? We don't. We love everybody. And anybody can come walk in through that door. We don't tell anybody that they can't be here. Because God's house is not my house. It's his house. He directs the, the attendance here. If God doesn't want somebody in here, that's up to him. But God wants everybody in his house. Praise God. I'm glad that the one who invited me out to church didn't take a look and say, you know what? I hate him. I'm not going to invite him out to church. I want to see him in hell. I hate this guy. No. When that preacher came up to me on that day, that Saturday, that afternoon, I said, hey, young man, I want to invite you to God's house. He did it in love. He did it because of what God had done in his life. Maybe he looked back one day and said, you know, God, I remember when you sent somebody my way. He didn't hate me, so why should I hate this guy? I see he's in sin. His life is going down the drain. And I don't know all that's going on with him, but I know my Lord can save you, young man. And he did. He brought me to church. And I gave my life to Christ. And I've been serving God for 12-something plus years now. And there is no stopping me right now. Amen. We must follow the example. We must continue to invite the church, praying for people, telling them about Jesus. 2 Peter 3 and 9. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. And God definitely did not want Cain to perish either. 
He didn't want Nineveh to perish. God didn't even want Sodom and Gomorrah to perish. He told Abraham, if I find 50 people, I'll save the city. If I find 40, I'll save the city. If I find 20, if I find 10 righteous people in the city, I will spare it. God is always looking for a route of mercy. God is always looking for a space of grace. God is always looking for a way to bless us. All we have to do is give him that avenue to do it. Here God gives a warning. If thou doest well, shalt thou not be accepted? Cain, if you do what's right, if you do what I've asked you to do, will I not accept you? Asking a rhetorical question to Cain. He tells Cain what the goal is. But the next part of this verse is the message today. He said, if thou doest not well, sin lieth at the door. And unto thee shall be his desire, and thou shalt rule over him. Cain had made an error, and God knew where it would lead Cain if Cain did not overcome it. God saw what was happening. He knew the path that Cain was going down. We've heard the saying before, if you walk out that door, maybe our parents said that to us, maybe our employer, if you walk out that door, you're fired. If you walk out that door, you'll never be able to come back here. We've all heard it, whether it's a movie or hopefully we haven't heard it in real life. But if you have, you know what we're talking about. You walked out that door. But God is warning Cain. He says, if you walk out that door, there's something lurking out there. The second... You step your foot outside the door. The great evil is present. And it will snatch you up. He didn't say the great evil is out in the field and you can avoid it. Take a different path around. You walk out that door, Cain, you can take a different path around. He said, sin is waiting at the door. It's on the porch. It's scratching at the door, Cain. You take one step out there. And there's no turning back. God wasn't talking about a literal door. He was speaking metaphorically. In other words, God was saying, Cain, if you don't listen to what I'm telling you, and you don't change, and you don't make things right, and you walk down a path that is so dark and so evil, you will not be able to make it right. And that is a message that all churches should be preaching, is that sin lieth at the door. James 1, 3, let no man say when he is tempted, I am tempted of God. For God cannot be tempted with evil, neither tempteth he any man. But every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. Then when lust hath conceived, it bringeth forth sin, and sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. That is a progression of sin. For Cain, there was something going on in his heart already. It was growing. And then he brought the fruit against God's uh, commandment. So it began to grow. And then it led him down a path that he was not able to return from. 
Sin will take you further than where you want to go. No sin that is committed never leaves a mark. No sin that is committed never leaves a mark. You can't just do a sin, commit sin. And you commit sin because you live in sin. But you commit sin, there's going to be an effect on you. Many walk out the door and sin is waiting. See, people view church and God simply as some facet of life that you can pick up and drop whenever you desire. Many come to Christ, but they walk out the door. And I've seen it. I've seen so many people come and raise their hands and thank God and say, God, I want to serve you. And then it's not long before you don't see him ever again. And when you do follow up on them, they're down a dark path. They may think that being outside is better. When we read our text again, we get this image of God and Cain inside a house. See, the grass isn't greener on the other side. Grass is not greener on the other side. And that's what a lot of people think. Like, if I have to come to church, if I gotta be a Christian, then I've gotta come to, you know, I gotta come to church. And I've got to do all these things that I'm expected to do. But we don't do things like come to church because we're expected to. We come here because we want to. Amen. We serve God because we want to. Yeah. Because his blessings are so good. Yeah. Because his love is so good. Yeah. Because he's delivered us. But so many people think it's a burden. I'm just going to walk out that door. I don't want to be a Christian anymore. People who stop coming to church, stop reading the Bible, stop praying, or stepping out through the door where sin is waiting for them. Although it has been a blessing to have uh, churches broadcast their services online in this time. God has absolutely used it. To reach men and women that could never be reached. We're talking about this on the way up here tonight, this morning. Being able to broadcast into countries that where Christianity is legal, that's a blessing. But it has been used in the wrong way. And people have stopped coming to church because they now say, Oh, I can just have church at home. I can just watch a service. I don't have to go to God's house. I could do things my way. Those people who say that are no different than Cain saying, I'm going to bring some fruit instead. Those who say, I don't need to attend church. I don't need to pay tithe and offering. I don't need to worship God in spirit and in truth are saying, I'm going to form my own religion. Cain is the one who started the false, first false religion. Let me offer God what I want to offer him. It is important to keep attending church, Bible studies, prayer meetings. Why? Because it saves? No. But it keeps us. It keeps us from wandering outside. It, keeps, it refreshes us. That's why 
we, we, we say, come to church, come to church, because it's here in God's house you get the fellowship. You get the message. You can come and raise your hands. You can lay your burdens before God. Because you can do that stuff at home too, but it's nothing like being in God's house. Because yeah. there's something wonderful about God's house. Yeah. When that Holy Ghost moves through the congregation, yeah. when it comes on and you find yourself just standing and dancing, saying, you know what, I know I got stuff going on in my life, but for this moment in time, I'm in God's house. I'm in His presence. Praise God. I love to be in God's house. Paul uses this proverb when discussing the dangers of false doctrine in the church, but we can use it in relation to sin. Galatians 5 and 9, a little leaven leaveneth the whole lump. What he's saying is, a little bit of yeast in the flour will cause the entire mixture of flour to rise. Yeast doesn't just affect one part of the flour. It spreads through the whole dough. And that's what sin does. Sin is no different. You let a little bit of sin in. You do things your way. You let sin in. It'll begin to affect every other part of your body. Your soul. Your mind. You let a little bit of sin in. Next thing you know, all sorts of sin starts to flood your life. Ask a registered sex offender how it all began, and they will tell you it started with a dirty magazine or a website. Ask a drug addict how it all began, he'll tell you with one hit. Ask an alcoholic, how did it all begin? They'll tell you with one little sip. It all begins. One act of sin. And that's what happened with Cain. One act of disobedience. And he was set down a path that he had he could return from. God had warned him. He said, Cain, sin is waiting out the door. Do not open it. Do not put your foot out there. <clears throat> but Cain walked out that door. Cain, you made an error. You did not sacrifice as you were instructed to. The sacrifice was to remind you of the penalty of sin. But you can make it right. I'm giving you another chance. But if you do not listen and walk out that door, sin will overtake you. And that is exactly what happened. And Cain talked with his brother Abel. And it came to pass when they were in the field that Cain rose up against Abel, his brother, and slew him. He killed his only brother. He killed Abel. It was shared not too long ago that Cain couldn't be bothered to kill an animal for sure had no issue killing his own brother. There was no way of correcting this error. Not only did Cain kill his brother, but he was the first person to kill another person. They call it murder. I'm surprised they don't call it caning. We know caning as hitting somebody with a cane over in Singapore and different countries. 
When you get home today, go on the couple news websites and tell me that you don't find a story of some murder happening. Why does murder happen? Because of sin. Why does hatred happen? Because of sin. You let sin inside. You may not murder somebody, but do you know that? You let sin in, it can take you down such a deep, dark avenue. How close are you to walking out that door? What sin have you allowed in your heart? We have, however, an alternative to going outside. <laughs> we have an alternative to going outside this morning. If we walk out the door, we will be overcome with the sin that awaits us. 1 Peter 5 and 8 says, Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about, seeking whom he may devour. Instead of desiring what is outside, we should answer the one who is knocking to come in. What are you talking about? We don't have to go outside, but there is somebody that we can let in. There is somebody we can let in to the house this morning. Yes. Revelation 3 and 20 says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come into him and will sup with him and he with me. This is Jesus talking here yeah. in Revelation. Yeah. Not the preacher. The preacher ain't coming knocking on the door. We do because we want to visit you in love. But Jesus is knocking on the door. He says, Let me in. Let me in and I'll come and I'll have dinner with you. Come in and I will bring you the dinner. You don't even have to cook. I'll bring you dinner. I prepared a feast for you. But all you got to do is let me in. Let me in. And we don't have to go out that door looking for answers. We don't have to keep going down that dark alley. We can let Jesus in today. We can let Jesus in this morning. And he will be with us. Amen. Psalm 1. 122 verse 1 says, A song of the degrees of David. I was glad when they said unto me, Let us go into the house of the Lord. Why was David so glad? It wasn't because it was a nice building, although it was. It wasn't because he was expecting to. He was glad because that's where God dwelt. He was glad to go to God's house like we're glad to come to church. Man. Because David was a man of many sorrows too. David had all sorts of issues. And last week, remember the message, leaning on past victories. How David slew the lion and the bear. And that's when he came and faced a giant. He said, this giant ain't nothing. I've been through worse. God delivered me before. God will deliver me again. Because it's in God's house that he's going to give us the weapons we need. It's in God's house he's going to give us the instruction. He says, you're going through this? Don't worry about it. You come to God's house and I'll pray. And I'll move in your life. The Bible says that Jesus is praying for us up in heaven. And we can pray today too. Come to God's house and get renewed. David was happy he could be in the presence of God. And now is not the time for us to do things our way. Now is not the time to forsake each other and the calling God has on our lives. 
Men and women are on their way to hell today because of their sin. We have to let them know that it is safe inside the house. That the roaring lion is outside. But the roaring lion can't come inside because Jesus is inside. Yeah. Jesus is in the house. Praise God, Jesus is in the house. And I'm not talking about some rap song or anything, but Jesus is here, and his presence is moving, and he's ready to bless us this morning. And all we have to do is surrender our lives to him. Give him our burdens. Give him our cares, because he wants it. He asks us, he asks us to. That song, Have You Been to Jesus for the Cleansing Power? I love that song. The cleansing power of his blood. The blood sacrifice that Cain was supposed to make was to symbolize Jesus. Jesus would become the ultimate sacrifice. A one-time sacrifice. Those saints in the Old Testament, they had to keep bringing sacrifice every time they sinned. Every time, year after year, it was nonstop. But with Jesus, he came, the Bible says he came once, and he died once, and he rose once, so that he can deliver us from sin. He was the ultimate sacrifice. He was better than the sheep. He was better than the produce. He was the Son of God. And who better to deliver us from sin than God? Hallelujah. God is asking us the same question this morning. Will you walk out that door? Will you walk out that door today the same way you came in? Will you not heed the warning of God that has been laid out in this message? That's what God, this is God's message. I didn't come up with this. God put it in my heart. God gave me the points. God is the one who's helped me preach today. I'm just a vessel. This is God who wants to know. Where do you stand? Will you walk out that door today? Or will you let Jesus in? God is laying out a warning because he loves us. Will you extinguish that sin now? Or will you let it grow like Cain? Will you let Jesus in? Will you let God handle the situation? Will you do thing God, things God's way? Cain killed his brother because he allowed sin to overtake him. He let it cloud his judgment. But we need God in our life. We need God. Jesus. The Bible says, put on the mind of Christ. You put on the mind of Christ, everything will be clear. You put on the mind of Christ, you'll know what to do in a situation. You put on the mind of Christ, you'll have the temperament and the patience. And you'll see the bigger picture. Cain didn't see the bigger picture. He only saw himself. We cannot go down the same path as Cain. We find ourselves in that situation. We find ourselves wroth and our countenance falling. We got to stop. We got to raise our hands and say, oh God, there's something not right in my life. And it's not always because you sinned. Things are happening in your life because you sinned. No, that's not always the case. We live in a world of things that just happen. 
But what are you going to do when they happen? Will you walk out that door? Will you get frustrated? Will you turn your back on God? Or will you let him handle the situation? Sin is only a step outside, and that's what Satan does. He wants to distract us. He wants to burden us to where it's like the whole house is on fire and causes us to run out that door so that he can snag us. But we need to be in God's house. We need to be among God's people. We need to be reading and praying and in God's presence. Yes. Because it is safe inside the house. As we bow our heads and close our eyes in reverence to him this morning. Sin is only a step outside. And God doesn't want you taking that step. This message this morning is a message of love, of warning, of encouragement. God was there for Cain. God was willing to help Cain. He's still present in your life. He can set you on the right path. He loves you this morning. He knows what you're going through. There is victory in sight. Through Christ Jesus. What about this morning? Bring your sacrifice to God. Bring Him your cares. Bring Him your burdens. Let Him know what's going on in your life. Pour out your heart to Him. And then stand back. And let Him take care of that lion that keeps stalking you. Let's find a place to pray this morning. Let's find a place to pray. Go ahead and begin the same.